Hello, soul family, and welcome to this brand new episode of Ceremony Circle Podcast. I am Allison Charles Story, your host, shaman, and best-selling author of Animal Power Book and Card Deck. And today is one of my all-time faves, as we are joined by Stephanie Wang, the founder and CEO of Ka and Pathogenics, with a mission to restore full-spectrum aliveness for all human beings. And Stephanie is just as passionate about the power of plants and conscious transformation as I am, which is why she created Ka. It is a 100% plant-based and pathogenic supplement featuring Kana, a heart-opening succulent from South Africa that is clinically proven to activate an immediate sense of grounded energy, helping people feel more alive, capable, and connected. And Stephanie previously was the president of the Alchemist Kitchen and director of Evolver Holdings Corp., a conscious lifestyle company. And she was also a content producer for ABC Television, the Discovery Channel, and produced feature films that premiered at the Tribeca and Sundance Film Festivals. And what's really interesting is she is actually a native Hong Konger who began her career in corporate finance on Wall Street and was a number one ranked equity analyst in the retail sector with HSBC Securities Hong Kong. So she has, talk about that epic conscious transformation and evolution. She has done it. She has lived to tell the tale and she is here to share it all today with you. And at the heart of our focus in this episode is Kana. And I've been waiting years to find the right person to bring on to Ceremony Circle to do this Kana deep dive, as Kana is a legal and absolutely magical and powerful plant medicine, which is so near and dear to me. I'm going to share why that is today, along with Stephanie courageously sharing never heard before stories, ones that are deeply personal, deeply vulnerable about her dark nights of the soul, overcoming terrifying blocks and rites of passages. And we both cover her vital importance regarding her role as a CEO, holding the integrity from both the shamanic and consciousness sides and the integrity around the business side. Why this is absolutely imperative right now. And we cover the potential downsides to some of the emerging wellness and spiritual companies and brands that are not doing this, that are not holding the integrity on both ends of the spectrum. We also both share our personal journeys receiving the call from Kana and the importance of intention and honor when working with any products that contain sacred plant medicines within them, how to cross thresholds into the new paradigm most meant for you, the moment that Stephanie knew she was directed to create Ka and how she went about doing that. And of course, we'll share all the details around what Ka is, the healing properties, how you can get your hands on their amazing Kana chews and tincture. Ka is a non-pharmaceutical, non-addictive, non-drowsy, no calories, no sugar, no GMO, no soy, no nuts, no caffeine, no artificial sweeteners, no preservatives, no plastic, and non-hallucinogenic health product. It contains all good things. And heads up, if you're already heading to Google to find Ka, if you're feeling an instant resonance here, as you head to their website, which is ohmyka.com, be sure to enter the discount code CEREMONYCIRCLE at checkout. 
that will give you a Ceremony Circle community discount. And some of their products are already discounted when you buy them in bulk. And when you put code Ceremony Circle in, you're going to get an additional discount on top of that. Okay, it is definitely time. I have been waiting so long to say to you, oh my God, meet the ancient South African plant medicine phenomenon that brings you to life. I'm so excited for this day. Thank you so much for joining me, Stephanie. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you so much for having me on the show, Allison. Yes, it's such an honor to have you and to have the honor to sit with our beautiful plant spirit friend of Kana. Oh, I just wanted to honor her right as we begin because we'll clearly get into all the magnificent and loving ways that she has worked with both of us. But yeah, I'm just so grateful to have reconnected with Kana this lifetime and to be able to arrive to this now moment where I feel like I have the perfect ceremony circle guest to talk all about what Kana is and to dive deep into some storytelling medicine of how we both arrived to reuniting with her. It's just, it's a special day for me. So I'm also very excited. And so I wanted to begin with staying in this vein of honoring Kana. If you could share with the soul fam joining us, and I refer to her as her because Kana just feels like that to me. And so that's the flow that I'll be in. So when I'm saying, if you can explain her to the soul fam, I'm referring to the plant spirit of Kana and just let everyone know where she originally comes from and some of the healing benefits and properties of her. Yes. And it's interesting that you call Kana her. I would say I would call her the same way. But the interesting thing about Kana is that I find that she is gender fluid. And this is why, I mean, there's a very specific reason why I want to say that because Kana has this amazing ability to calm the mind and open the heart at the same time. So it's this bringing into equilibrium of heart and mind, which is really balancing the yin and the yang. And so that's why I call her and I say that she is gender fluid because of that. So yeah. yeah. And Kana is an amazing healing plant. It's a succulent from South Africa that has been traditionally stewarded by the Khoi Khoi and the San of Southern Africa. And they use it traditionally when they go on multi-day hunts because of its ability to lower anxiety and stress and for its ability to enhance endurance as well as to improve cognition and focus and this amazing expansive ability to help them connect with nature and everything around them as well as with each other. Mm. So it has so many aspects to it and it's so different that way from a lot of other amazing plant medicines. And if you look at the science behind it, it also parallels in the same way because of the way it works through so many different neuropathways and on multiple different neuroreceptors. So for example, Kana is a natural serotonin reuptake inhibitor, and it's also a serotonin releasing agent 
because of its ability to activate a protein called VMAT2, which helps transport neurotransmitters out of cells. So it helps the level of serotonin be regulated on both ends, right? It also stimulates receptors for GABA, for opioids, for cholecystokinin, and for melatonin, which means Kana has the ability to calm brain activity, lift mood, and also help prevent gut inflammation and regulate hunger and thirst, as well as help improve sleep quality. Wow. And then finally, Kana also inhibits an enzyme called PDE4, which means it really helps the body be able to access more energy. And that's why it almost has this kind of counterintuitive ability to both calm and uplift and give you energy at the same time. But it's, it's the kind of energy that's very, very grounded. Yes. It's not genetic kind of energy at all. Yes. I this. Thank you so much already for taking us on the beginnings of this journey. It was fun for me to tune in and reflect with each of those potential healing benefits and properties that you were listing out. Some really, I was just like, oh, I know that. Oh, that is my experience every time. And then the endurance one was a bit of a surprise for me, probably because my past life, this lifetime was all about endurance. I was a distance runner and all of those things, but I'm not in that way of life anymore due to my knees, not letting me and things like that. So I, that's one aspect that I haven't personally been able to try out or experience when working with Kana is the endurance. So that was a unique benefit benefit, but yet so many of the others, I think you described it perfectly. Like when I feel called to work with Kana and I do, it's this really beautiful heart burst opening from my heart center. It's like this very effervescent, joyful, natural joy essence that begins to open and emit and flow through me. But like you said, I do not ever experience any freneticness. And for me, that's actually really important, especially in my recent healing journeys and traversings. One piece that I've really been tending to is creating new patterns and a new energetic space that is the opposite of frenetic, Mm -hmm. that is the opposite of rumination and when your mind gets going. And so it's just making more and more sense how and why Kana arrived to me in my life. And yeah, I I wanted to let the listeners know how I arrived to it. Then I would love to spend more time in you sharing your beautiful journey because yours spans so many years since Kana first arrived to you. But yeah, to paint the picture for the soul fam here from my experience, Luke and I were having dinner with two friends. They were in town here in Austin and they wanted to catch up with us and said, Hey, come on over. We'll cook you guys dinner. And while dinner was being prepared, our friend Ryan, he and I were sitting on the floor of the Airbnb, just chatting. And somehow he brought Kana up in conversation. And I just remember there being this instant soul recognition, this instant resonance. And I was like, well, wait a second. You know, what did you just say? What is this plant spirit? What are you talking about? And he said, oh yeah, you know, that's Kana and it's a shrub. It's a succulent from South Africa. And the more he spoke, the more this knowing inside of me just 
arrived. I was just at one with this remembrance of Kana. And I said, I'm having such a moment right now. Can you show me a picture? Because we were at their Airbnb. I was like, do you have your computer or your phone? And when he pulled up the images of Kana, I just knew her. And I just remembered feeling such instant happiness to be back with her. And to wrap this story up of how this journey began for me, this lifetime, he said, you know what, now that we're talking about it, I think I might have one Kana capsule with me. I didn't typically bring any with me when I've been traveling, but let me go upstairs and see. And he was up there digging around in his bags for a little bit. And sure enough, he came down the stairs and he had one capsule and he's like, clearly this is for you. And I received it with such honor and I didn't ingest it that night. I wanted to just be with her and sit with her and let it inform me when it was the perfect time to really meet her fully again. And I don't remember how many days later it was. And of course I sat with her and and prayer and introduced myself to her. And we had this whole beginning conversation and even me just holding the Kana capsule, you know, in front of my heart, because I'm so sensitive, I usually can feel the plant spirits and their energetics before I even receive them into my body, just simply by being in the room or by holding it. And that was definitely the case. And now that was, you know, uh, a couple of years ago, I have just been so fortunate to work with her when called on a pretty regular basis. And it's just been such a glorious journey with Kana. And that's a huge reason why I was so excited to, to have you on because I've been wanting to talk about her, but it needed to be with the right person. So yeah, I would love for you to now in your own way, take us on a little storytelling journey of how you two reunited this lifetime. Absolutely. And thank you for sharing your story and how you met her. I have always been passionate about personal transformation, and consciousness. And growing up, I suffered a lot from depression and anxiety as well. And But it was all very hidden, right? Because it was all under this sort of veneer of socially acceptable sort of way of being. And so I was always looking for ways, and I always was, I went through a lot of different modalities of healing. And after many years, about 10 years ago, I had my first, my very first plant ceremony, which was with, at the time, a Peruvian shaman. And normally when people think of plant ceremony, they go more ayahuasca or they think about waichuma or something like that, some, or plant that is psychedelic. In this case, and I didn't know at the time, I was being given kana, and it was the most incredible, indelible experience I've ever had. I had never felt this much profound love and connection ever. And what I also realized was as it was, as we were all sharing the sacrament with different people in the room, Rana had this ability to basically take down all of our masks, right? Mm-hmm. In a very voluntary way. It's not, it's always gentle. It's never harsh. And suddenly we were speaking with and talking and connecting with each other in a super heart-centered way. So nobody cared what the other person did for a living, let's say, or what they looked like or where they were from. It didn't matter. It mattered who soul-wise authentically was standing in front of them. And we were able to connect in this most, I would say, most human and the highest frequency human way possible, right? 
And that was absolutely gorgeous. And then also I noticed just this amazing openness and empathy and this feeling of expansive light and joy. But it, again, same, you know, even on a ceremonial level, it wasn't out of control or high in any way like that. It was just very, very real. And from that moment on, Kana has been in my life. I've been working with her for 10 years and she's been such a teacher and it's been such a beautiful journey in my own healing journey. And I, at that moment, I was like, this is amazing. I need to learn more. So throughout my journey, I quickly realized that I wanted to bring this and make it more accessible to more people outside of ceremony. And I started to sort of noodle in my head, like, how could I do that? And about four years ago was when I decided, okay, this is the right timing. I think it was, we were coming out of the pandemic-ish, right? And I started to gather a team together to do the research, to do the R&D behind the very beginnings of Ka. And so we really dug in to understand the science behind it. And on top of, of course, all the amazing spiritual and emotional healing aspects, the felt experience of it. So for me, Kana, I am so grateful to her. She has been such a significant part of my healing journey because what she taught me was to trust and love. And that really was the crux of my own sort of deep wound. Mm. And so, yeah. 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 I'd love to get into the openings of your journey a little bit more because I remember when you and I first chatted, there were just so many incredible instances that when I listened to you telling them, they felt like very courageous steps, very unexpected steps that you've taken to arrive to the who you are now and the where that you are now. And because I feel like so many people in general, especially the ceremony circle community, I know that within that there are so many folks who are on similar traversings of you and I, they have had previous careers and previous ways of living that are drastically different than either where they are now or where they know their soul is urging them to go. And I was so fascinated that for you, correct me if I'm wrong, I think you grew up in Hong Kong. Is that yes, right? Mm-hmm. So you, you grew up in Hong Kong and you have this incredible financial background where when I read your bio, I was so impressed. And so if you could just share a little bit about this massive bridge that you built and leapt, because I think it really gives folks a lot of faith and hope that they can create a life that looks and feels very different than (laughs) the previous pressures. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, Oh my God. You're bringing back memories. So I started off my career in investment banking. So I worked on wall street and then I was still in finance when I moved back to Hong Kong, which is where I'm from. During this time I was working, Oh my God, 80 hour weeks, sometimes easily. I just didn't sleep. I just was working all day long and it was a very intense job. And after that, I moved from corporate finance into into equity research, but that was still very intense. And I got really burnt out, to be honest. And I was 
completely lost in a way at that moment because I was at the height of my career. I was a top-ranked equity analyst in the retail sector, and there's not any higher to go than that. And I was like making a very good living, but I was intensely sad. And I felt just really unhappy. I just did not feel fulfilled at all. And I I was like, what well, why is that? What can I what can I do to shift? And it was that was actually the beginning of a dark night of the soul that then sort of guided me into looking at what the alternatives were. If you could bookmark right where you're at in your mind, because I want to stay on this trajectory, but I think right where you are in explaining is just such an important piece because I have personally witnessed so many people, and I'm not sharing what I'm about to share from judgment. It's just simply observation and curiosity where these people are at the highest levels of a certain category of life or a certain career and really successful and potentially thriving in some way. They've reached the highest ranks. And yet when I spend time with them, because of my shamanic gifts and my seership ability, without being invasive and without trying, I'm just very aware of a lot of inner pain or blind spots or where their ego just has them so entrenched Mm -hmm. and so gripped. And um, again, even if I don't tell people the calling, the work that I do or who I am somehow without fail, spirituality or energy medicine, healing typically starts to come up in conversations. And I'll hear a lot from these people and I don't want to generalize or stereotype, but oftentimes it is really successful, high ranking men who I'll hear say, something like, oh, plant medicine, that stuff, that's just not for me. And despite a lot of their inner pain or stuckness, there's also what feels like the stuckness of the mind or the ego. Yeah. And so I'm just, that was just coming in as you were sharing, because you are a living embodied example of someone who are at said highest rankings and reachings in a really competitive industry. And you were somehow able to get or remain open. And you were somehow able to be honest with yourself enough. I guess I'm trying to get to asking you, what do you think it was about you? you. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. I mean, honestly, sometimes we don't want to change until there is no other option. And for me, I was so like, I literally was suicidal at that moment. And I didn't understand why. All I knew was like, I cannot go on. I'm great at what I do, but I cannot go on because I'm just so miserable. And that, it prompted something in me. And this is something that I suppose has always been a belief in me. But at this moment, it was very amplified. I just did not believe that life is about suffering. And I, in that moment, kind of had a, sort of looking into the mirror and really seeing who I was and going, no, 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 this is not who I am. I do not believe that this is all that there is. Mm. That, okay, great, you achieve a particular title, you get to a particular height and you're like, that's all fine, but where's the other bits? Like, I, I don't get it, right? And I just didn't believe in that. And I go, okay, because I don't believe in this, I'm going to find out how 
and why to get myself out of this hole. Mm. And that was literally, it was that moment because I could not go on. The sad thing I think at that moment, I think a lot of people can relate to is oftentimes these are such personal and private struggles. And especially the more successful that you are in your career, right? Or if you're a public figure even, which makes it even harder, there are expectations. People, because you've kind of been that way, people expect you to continue to be that way. So God forbid if you should change and they're not invested necessarily in that transformation. Right. And the thing that's pinging in now is something that I've had conversations with people about and been aware, again, especially in my personal conversations with these really successful high ranking men, as I can feel, and I experienced it actually too, when you and I first talked that phrase that I coined the winning but lost phrase, we both have lived that, you know, and both have, yeah, past lives where we were winning in all these ways, but felt a lot of that suffering and lostness inside. And what I sense happens when folks are at this point that you and I are describing is I can feel the fears arising of, well, by being the way that I have been, I have become the quote unquote best at A, B, and C, Uh right? And so it's like, if I start to live differently or create a different regimented lifestyle, yeah, it's the fear of something crumbling. And again, it's also... I think some of the fears of the opening of the heart and what that might mean for someone because they're more stern, you know, yes. And so it's just, it's a fascinating kind of quagmire of a place. And I have witnessed some become open and willing and then circle back to me months or years later. And they get, because I say to them, those traits that you've developed, they're within you, right? And so now from this point, it's just about opening even further and the places in which you will open will only then in a more harmonious overall whole and healthy, comprehensive way, work with the abilities that you've already cultivated within yourself. There's, it's not going to be a removal of, or a takedown. It's it's an enhancement, right? Absolutely. And I'm so glad you're bringing this point up because I think people, unfortunately, we are led to, or trained to think that you're either one way or the other. You cannot possibly, for example, be a really open-hearted, wonderful, nice person and be successful at the same time. Or there's these belief systems that have been sort of ingrained in us that are not true, right? And so I want to say to everyone who's listening that, first of all, that's absolutely not true. And for me, I mean, I don't think you could have met anyone more in their head than me at the time, honestly, right? And I think if I had not gotten to that super dark place and kind of in that sense, my logic served me because I was like, I just don't believe this. It doesn't make sense. Life, this does not make sense that life is like this, right? So now I will use my will to figure out what it is that I am missing out on that I don't understand or what it is that I need to heal. And I didn't even know. I think it was that moment that I realized, my God, I really have a lot of healing work to do, Mm -hmm. right? And so then I didn't even, I wouldn't even say, oh, I trusted in my heart. I just trusted in where life was taking me. So for people who are like, no, that's too almost out there for me, like to kind of go, oh, my heart is too fuzzy. It's too weird. I would say when you get to a point that your life is no longer serving you, 
and therefore you are not serving anyone else, least of all yourself, that there is another way. And just to know that it doesn't, you know, life, it doesn't work like this. So, because it wouldn't serve life if you want to be completely logical and practical about it. And so then obviously there is another way. Then the rest of the work is you opening up and daring to do something that's different in order to find your way to whatever it is, whether it's your own healing, expansion, you know, leaving your old job, doing whatever, doing something that you love. Because most people at that moment don't necessarily know what they love. That's true. Yeah. Right. And so with you, how did that invitation arrive to you to where you said yes to going to, did you go to Peru for that where you received Kana for the first time? Or this was years before Kana. And so this was, I actually, this happened and thank God this happened to be perfectly honest. I had a friend who wasn't even a good friend and she's kind of one of these people who was very intuitive. And it didn't hurt for her to say this because she didn't know me that well. So she just looked at me and she goes, Stephanie, what's wrong? And she totally saw when nobody else could. Hmm. And I told her and she goes, no, she goes, I need you to see this healer, right? Who is also this very well-known intuitive and just go see him. Right. And I go, okay, fine. Because I just was like, and I would send. So I went, and when I went, it one thing led to another. From that moment, I was led to another person, another book, another class, another healer. And it just kept going. And I just showed up. So because I didn't know what else to do except to show up, but I knew it was important to show up. Mm-hmm. And I think if we, I think it's a big part of this is how much are you willing to show up for yourself? And demonstrate to yourself and to the universe that you want something different in your life. Because if not, you just continue. Yes. And I would love for you, if you could give one or even maybe two examples, because I, you've been doing this work and been committed to the infinite evolutionary path for so long now in all of those years, what's one example of a place where you really had to, even with your devotion and commitment, a piece still rose up where you were like, oof, I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to put in some work to traverse this one. Was it your traditional Chinese upbringing? Was it at some point you realized how much of a spiritual awakening you were having? You were like, let's slow this down a little bit. Just any sort of example of a hump you really had to overcome. Oh my God. So many humps. This is over the course of, I want to say, my goodness, like 15 years. So there were a lot of humps. And oh my God, the traditional Chinese family, that that is a huge issue. However, this was, what I was going through was so beyond even what they could comprehend. I mean, this was a very solo and lonely journey for me and I just accepted that. So in a way that wasn't, it wasn't even something, I think when they freaked out was when I left finance and went into film because that was a big change and nobody, no one knew anything about film and no one was an artist. Like, there was just not even an inkling of what that was like. So that was a big deal. I had a lot of pushback, but that didn't stop me. That was also in a way making me even more determined, I suppose. Hmm. So the bigger hunt came a little bit later when, you know, here I was, I was like, felt like I was being called to show up every time to work with this person or that person. And then now a few years go by, but I'm not abundant because I, I left 
my old work. I'm in film and it's, I'm enjoying it. And I was a film producer for a number of years, but it was okay. Like I wasn't thriving and I didn't understand. I was like, why am I not thriving? I made the big leap of faith. I literally left a lucrative job, a stable job to go into something completely unknown and moved to New York at the time. Right. And I didn't know anybody in the business. I had no idea. I just was like, I just wanted to do it. And so I think at that moment, I, and this was now a few, maybe I want to say five, six, seven years later, and I didn't have anything to really show for it. And I, I was somebody who's used to succeeding, right? And I'm used to, I'm a, I was always a high achiever. And this kind of got me more depressed. This is still before plant, plant ceremony, okay. But I had done, I do a lot of my own sort of healing work through different modalities and I was still doing that, but still I just questioned, I had a lot of questions around whether I made a completely wrong decision in my life and now I've ruined my life. <laughs> and I, I will be honest, there are moments I would call my friends and I'm like crying. And, you know, at this moment, everybody else was succeeding because they're still on their path. They're getting those promotions. They're getting married. They have kids, you know, and I'm look, like, it looks like they're just flying past you. They're flying past me. And I'm like, I don't even have, I'm single. I can't even get a date. Like it sucks. Right. And so that was really, really hard. And I think in that, in those moments, I just had to really dive deep and remember my own training and kind of just really connect with spirit is the best way I can put it. Yeah. There's no other option at that point. I relate. (laughs) Right. I had some amazing healers that I would work with and I would have deep sessions with long sessions with them to try and kind of really get to, to understand what was going on in my life. But ultimately I, when I done super, super deep and really listened I would hear that faint voice because at that time it was still faint. It's like, don't deviate, keep on this path, just keep going, just keep going. And so I did. Sometimes those whispers are all you have. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And that was all I had. And I was like, okay, the train has left the station. It's not even a dot. It's like gone beyond the horizon. So it's too late to turn back. I just have to keep going. Yeah. That sounds, you know, like I wish I had a better explanation, but that's how it was. Well, those are those major threshold crossers where you're truly with honor and reverence, collapsing a whole old paradigm and allowing this whole new paradigm, this whole new world for yourself to emerge. And when you're at those threshold gateway crossing points, it's, it can evoke so much, so much. And Throughout this time, by the way, I'm also doing my own healing work. So so much stuff would come up and it's, it was very challenging. It was never that smooth sailing. Yeah. And I kept questioning and I, I literally said to, to the universe, I was like, all right, I've done so many years of work and okay, I'm doing okay, but this is not what's going on. Like there's something. And then at that, and I was like, really need something that I can grab. I need something so that I know that I'm still going in the right direction. And that's when I met plant medicine. And that's when I met Kana. I love how you are sharing a sentiment that I have been called to share and have talked about a lot of, in a lot of interviews is how, when I had my spiritual awakening and divine intervention, there were so many years where I was in complete surrender now to my soul's calling Mm -hmm. and in devotion to the divine. But 
I was on that path for so many years before any plant spirits truly called to me and arrived to me. And your path is really similar. And so I love while we both sit here in such embodied, grounded, rooted reverence and honor for these plant spirit helpers and how they have shown up for us and the intelligence that they've brought and the transformations that they've brought. But we also carry this other aspect of the sharing of that they're not the end all be all. And you can have incredible transformations in your life, strictly through the workings of your own soul or working through different healing modalities. So I love that we carry and hold both truths. So now let's share your experience. Yeah. Just as, as deeply as you can of Specifically, you painted the picture of sitting in that first ceremonial space with Kana, and I couldn't have agreed with you more. The essence that she envelops us with and can hold a group with and hold us individually with. But I'm also so curious how that rapport that you and Kana began to develop got so specific to where you realized, oh, I've been finding my way with why I'm really here on earth and what my calling really is. And to arrive with this clarity that Kana was such a beautiful moment. So I'd love to hear about that arrival. Thank you for asking that question. Even after I first started plant medicine, it took a number of years before I arrived at, okay, Kana is it. And this is what I want to do because there was still, I always look at plant medicine as an accelerator for our healing journeys, right? I mean, there's such a gift that way. And so when I first encountered Kana, as well as ayahuasca, as well as all other kinds of plant medicines, you know, it really helped accelerate my own path. So I think, and this is now, I can see it with much more 2020 vision now that I'm where I am looking back. I believe at that time, I had to get to a place that I was ready to receive her and embody her and be her champion in a way, right? And to have that permission to do what I'm doing today. So I had to, in my own way, and I've always known this, by the way, I always have realized that the most important work that I need to do is not something out there. It's not something, oh, I got to get this degree or get this recognition or this prize reward. It always has to do with my own level of evolution and wisdom and connection to the divine, right? The more clear a vessel that I can be. And in whatever I do in life, it doesn't have to be so spiritual. It doesn't have to be plant medicine. It could be just being a lawyer. Like it's the same. Like to me, I always, this is a value that I always believed in and held. And that is that if we have rubbish inside, we're just creating the same rubbish outside as above, so below, right? And as below, so above. We are, and our lives are simply a reflection of the people that we are internally. So the work, therefore, is internal, even though we're taught to think that it's external. So throughout that first sort of, I would say, six years that I was working with multiple plant medicines, and I mean, I was working with many plant medicines very intensely. And so there were pieces of, there, there are many pieces that still had to be surfaced and healed that I didn't even realize. Right. That's the depth of how plant medicines work with us, Right. And if, as long as we're open and willing and surrender to it, it's the healing is profound. It's not easy often, but it's, it's, it works, right? So going through all of this, and finally, I would say, wow, the biggest lesson that Kana taught me was this. There was a moment when I was with my then boyfriend, 
we're both in medicine and journey space. And he asked me, he goes, Stephanie, why don't you trust? And I, I thought he meant, oh, why don't I trust in people? And he goes, no, just tell me, why don't you trust? And I would say, blah, blah, blah. And he goes, okay, but why don't you trust? So we went, it was like this Socratic exercise back and forth. This went on for hours, by the way, to the point where he, to the point where I couldn't, we, so we kept getting deeper and deeper layer by layer, right? And I said, look, I'm tired. I want to go home. I'm done with this journey. And he goes, nope, we're going to keep asking you this question, right? So now it's like three in the morning, four in the morning. I'm like, dude, I really I need to go to bed. And I still didn't, and it bothered me because I still, and I could feel myself running away from that question. Mm -hmm. And I still couldn't get to the bottom of it. And I was super frustrated, but I was just, I just was exhausted and I had to go to bed. So I did. The next morning I woke up and the minute I woke up, I knew the answer. Mm. I knew the answer to why I didn't trust people, men, relationships, whatever, family. And she basically was, she gave me this answer. And that was that I did not trust in love. Now that is massive because if you don't trust in love, which is everything, then you trust in nothing. Ooh. There is nothing for you. Right. Wow. So when I came to that, I mean, my, I was like, Oh my God, I get it now. That's an awakening. <laughs> That's a massive awakening. Right. And I sat with that for a long time just to integrate that piece because now I understood because everything else was just an offshoot, people, jobs, work, spaces, whatever things that I didn't trust in was fundamentally because I didn't trust in love itself. Now that brought me to learning and finally trusting in love. Wow. And it was not until then that I was in a space that I could embrace Kana in its truest form. That makes total sense. And I was just going to say, of course, it would be Kana that would bring yes. you to this teaching. Wow. Oh, my gosh. That's, oh, that's, wow. That's, my life. Oh, my goodness. And thank you. Thank you, Kana. I'm just saying thanks <laughs> for, yeah, being with you on that journey because, I can only assume that opening, that awakening that was created. I mean, my gosh, your life has had to have now taken on just such a different experience oh, and in and every that way. Blockish. That was precisely the block of why nothing was happening. Right. And just, this is the first time I've ever revealed this to anyone, by the way. <laughs> so I'm so glad we're talking about it here in this beautiful container. And yeah. And from that moment on, I was like, okay, right. I, the more you work with plant medicines also, and also just, you just observe and you perceive a lot more. And for me, you know, at that time, I think I was already working at the alchemist kitchen mm. and I was finally able to kind of bring my passion together with my work life. So I wasn't doing something entirely opposite to what I was believing in. And, and also just the observation of, first of all, how much people suffer on a day-to-day -day basis. And because I knew that there is more to life than just that, but often people who are in that don't, you get so, you just, you're just under so much pressure. You have to provide for your family. There's the mortgage, there's the, there's the whatever it is that they have to deal with. You, there, there's no opening. There's no opening even for any kind of a spark right? That might tell them 
that might say, hey, here's another way, here's another space. It's this is not, this is not it. There's more to life. Right. And that I've always felt passionate about just because of my own journey, right? And just want in having lived through this, I just felt, my God, I really want to help other people. But not in a way, and this is really important because this is also part of the journey, is that we can often get caught up in our egos in how we want to help others, right? But really what we're doing is we're just imposing our own, projecting our own wounded selves onto somebody else so that we can get whatever reassurance and recognition that fills our empty space without having that centeredness within ourselves and that love of who we are as a foundation. So what I mean by that is I go, human beings inherently have this ability. We are all inherently divine. We are all inherently boundless. However, circumstances in life, conditioning, all these things that make us small and suppressed is a cage that we, if we have the wherewithal, have the opportunity to break out of, right? And so it is always about showing someone and giving people an option or an opportunity for them to make the choice to say yes to so they can go on their journey for themselves. So I really want to make this distinction. I think that's a brilliant distinction to make and so important. And yeah, it's a key piece of most vital work that I feel must be done, especially if in any position of leadership, especially in the spiritual or healing spaces and categories is, yeah, having put in so much deep inner work in yourself that you know the place that you're operating from and you know the different archetypes, whether it's savior or rescuer or whatever those things are so that you know that you're not reaching from that place, operating from that place. And the place that you described is of course, what is most empowering for the other person, for them to make the choice. And yeah, I really, I feel that it makes total sense to me that you arriving to creating Ka, which I would love for you to begin to explain a little bit more. And for those joining us via video, I'll just give you a little preview of what we are talking about. I just, yes. So twin boxes of Ka, which are Kana choose, and we're going to give you the full detailed explanation of Yeah, the journey of getting clear. And I love if you could even briefly explain that moment, even when you are working with the Mamos, because to be a steward of any guide of the unseen realms or the seen realms. For me, it's being a bridge and a voice for the power animal realm. And it's something that I take very seriously. And I have a lot of fun with it too, but to have cultivated that relationship with the power animal realm and with the power animal guides to the point where they showed up and asked me to write that book with and for them and the card deck and all of those things. It's like when these types of co-creative relationships present, it's a really big deal. And I know that you have also taken really deep honoring steps 
to get very clear that this is indeed an invitation from Kana to you mm-hmm. and how you got there because, and I know I'm getting a little long winded on this, but this feels like such an important piece that I really wanted to kind of dissect with you because I have experienced and witnessed firsthand, and I'm just tuning in how to best describe this with this massive expansion with the interest the ever by millisecond growing interest in spirituality and shamanism and energy healing and all of these categories, which I'm so grateful that they're opening up and people are letting themselves be led into these spaces because their soul is wanting them to. That's all beautiful. And right along with that growing expansion, I have witnessed a lot of people to just hop on this growing quote unquote popularity. Mm -hmm. And I know that you are operating from a a very different place than that example I just gave, but I have just seen already a lot of people being hurt and harmed by ingesting products that are now on the shelves that might have hape woven into them or these sacred medicines are within these branded wellness products. And from my perspective, which I feel very clear on based on a number of years now from witnessing firsthand this happening, when the formulator, the creator, the founder is not doing the due divine diligence that you have done, I have seen, I feel The plant spirits that are brought into these products, they are not feeling respected and honored, and therein lies an issue, and people's experience then with these brands and products can end up being not healing and not great. And I'm just witnessing this more and more, and I know this is a big subject to to get into, but I just feel like you're the perfect person to kind of unpack this with, because I have just witnessed personal close friends, of course, not with Ka, not with Kana Choose, but with other, whether it's beverages, whether it's nose sprays, whether it's these different products that are labeled as healing that work these sacred medicines into them and ends up being very detrimental to them. And some people have even developed addiction issues because I feel that the foundation from which they have been created from is not pure. It is not fully aligned with integrity. And this is just an important thing because it's these products are getting on the shelves more and more. So I know this is big and I didn't mean to like kind of throw this on to you, but it just, I can't, I felt like it's so important. We can't skip over it. I'm actually really glad you're bringing this up because I think that it, as great as plant medicines and psychedelics, I mean, all of it, right. It's becoming more mainstream and people have more access to it. There is a great need for more education. And so the more we can actually, and that's a big part of what we're trying to do also is just to get whether it's writing blog articles, whether it's doing lives, or I mean, this is all in the works, is that we want to empower people to learn about these amazing plants, right? And so kind of to go back to what you were saying earlier about mom, the mama and all of that, which I will get to because it's completely related to this topic, is that 
the way that the reason and the, always where we are coming from with from pathogenics is that we are trusting that you are your own healer you have to be because otherwise you're shirking that responsibility we all as human beings have to take responsibility for ourselves and definitely for our healing which is part of that because that is the that is the empowerment right it's not like oh i have to do work no this is the gift and the privilege and the opportunity and we in modern day don't understand this concept often and this is why it's important to talk about it so i'm really glad you bring this up so one of the things that plant medicine work and especially kana has taught me and kana is different from other plant medicines like ayahuasca or psilocybin for example this is what i mean ayahuasca and psilocybin shamanic cosmology standpoint are spirit medicines which means they bring you to consciousness through spirit so they take you out of body and you're having this out of body experience this very psychedelic experience but kana is harsh medicine it's considered medicine through of the heart which means it brings you into consciousness through the heart and keeps you in your body and why this medicine for this time which i think so i do believe that how kana came to me and how we birthed kana pathogenics for this time is precisely this is the time where we are today is exactly this plant is exactly what we need because we're so in our heads all the time and we're making decisions solely based on that and solely in our intellect without consideration of the whole which is actually consideration and having heart intelligence when we go about life and that's caused all the imbalance that you you actually see in the world which is another reason why I'm so passionate why I was so absolutely determined to bring raw into the world is because we need this desperately right now desperately after for example the pandemic which has separated us even more people isolated more mental health issues how we are in the world right now where we have so much destruction of natural environments species lost loss all of that right and we have a ballooning exponentially growing population and we have finite resources so how are we going to live together harmoniously right the only way is if we understand our interconnectedness with each other and that has to begin with the understanding of the interconnectedness within ourselves between our heart and our minds and our spirit and our soul right and our bodies so okay so what does that have to do with kana it's this kana when you ingest it and you don't have to go all the way to ceremonial level because of its what i explained earlier and its ability to first calm the mind because if you're always just like oh my god oh my god i'm going crazy i just i have to do this then there's there's no space to open to anything else mm-hmm. so first must calm the mind okay now the mind is calm well i can feel again now the next phase is oh i can feel what am i feeling it's connecting to your feelings your emotions your sensations in your body which is always trying to tell you things but we just don't listen until we get really sick right and so, and oftentimes stay right where you're at but oftentimes just that simple seemingly simple step of being able to identify the emotion you're feeling provides 95% of the relief if you're right. able to just to have that moment that kana can help bring us into and be like oh my gosh you know what exactly am i experiencing right now oh it's rage and just from knowing that it it clears the field and so yeah. so yeah just right there solves almost all of it 
Exactly. And Kona has this beautiful ability to open the space so we can hold space for ourselves. Right. No. And when that happens, you start to feel, you go, oh, okay. You start to not just intellectualize only, but you start to be able to listen to your whole intelligence, which we have this amazing ability to do as human beings. And we don't even know the half of it because most of the time our mind just hijacks everything. Yeah. So this is a liberation, right? And this is a moment of pause and peace. So from there, like you said, okay, now we can ooh, and feel, wow, okay, well, what's actually going on? And because of how it works on your neuroreceptors, and it's a particular alkaloids, which are mesembrine, mesembrinone, and mesembrinol, and a bunch of others, it's able to kind of expand your perception, right? It helps you cognitively function better. So it's not like, oh my God, it makes you just blissed out and you just can't even think of, you don't know what day it is. No, this is actually a medicine that helps improve your cognition while keeping you, helping you calm down and also helping you open, open your heart and give you that grounded energy. So it is an incredible, incredible plant. Okay, so now what it's doing is Kana is helping you connect with all parts of yourself. Boom, boom, boom. When we can do that, what happens? Oh, I see you. I didn't even know someone was sitting next to me and not very happy. What's going on? Tell me what you're feeling. We start to be able to connect with each other, right? We start to really start to feel each other in a way that we haven't been able to do before because everybody's just running around like a chicken with their head cut off, right? And so, wow, then we go, okay, we start to see each other. That, and we all know this, when we start to, see, when we are seen by another person, that is also a massive release, just to be seen, just to be seen. You don't have to solve my problems. But if you just see me, I'm like, that's a big sigh of, and a breath of relief, right? And then we can go on from there. So you see how this starts to ripple out, right? And so when we're able to do that and all plant medicines, I always think it's like their secret way of ensuring their own survival mm. is that what's beyond that? Oh my God, the plants around me. Mm-hmm. What am I like? Because you start to notice things and you start to notice the connections that you're having with every living thing and even non-living thing around you. You're like, oh, why? This is not some sudden X-Men ability. This is because we have always, as human beings, understood this and know this instinctively. We have been trained out of it. Yeah. So now this brings me to the mammal. So for people who don't know what a mammal is, he's similar to a shaman, but in Colombia, it's like the spiritual leader for the people are is also called a mammal, except the mammal also helps with daily affairs of the village or something like that, of the little town. So he's a spiritual, or she's a spiritual leader and also deals with more day-to-day things and helps people solve problems. So I happen to be a good friend with an Arawak Mamo from Colombia. And when I was starting Ka, I said to him, I said, I really want to ask Pachamama for permission because this is a, you know, it takes a village. It takes the plants agreeing to, to work with me, to allow me to bring them to more people. It's all of that. And I, that understanding of the connection of how we are connected with animals, with plants, with everything around us is that recognition alone actually also heals us. That's why when you go to nature, totally stressed out and go do forest bathing 
or you go camping, you were like, you have this thing of like, oh, I just feel better. I don't know why. And I feel better mm-hmm. because we're connecting back to our roots. Right. And so because of that, I was like, okay, well, let's then make it official. And I really want to through the model because I don't know exactly how to do this in a in a sacred ritualistic way. So through him, I was like, let's do, and we did a full day of ceremony around just connecting with Pachamama, with Mother Earth to say, hey, this is my intention. Mm-hmm. Do I have your permission? Because I will be taking your resource, plants, not just Kana, other plants as well, and creating something, right? And also show me, please, how best to do this so I can serve in the highest way. Mm -hmm. So we did a whole full day of ceremony that actually also went into the next day. And because the next day is when he had kind of had an answer. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I said, what did she say? What did Pachamama say? And he's like, it's good. Go ahead. Go ahead. And I was like, okay, okay, great. So that was before I did anything. Before Mm -hmm. I had a name for Kaa. Yeah. And I just, I'm so grateful for you being able to be so transparent. You're this CEO and founder, and I just think you're going to bring such open, needed, expansive energies through your willingness as a CEO to speak in this way and just be so honest and so real and vulnerable about your own personal traversings and also how you have chosen to develop and become clear with your own brand and business. Because from my perspective, it's the way it should be done and, and needs to be done. So by your willingness to lay that out and honestly share it, I think it's going to open a lot of people's minds to the importance of taking these steps. And so Yeah. If you could share specifically because Ka, so it's K-A with an exclamation point and there's a purpose for the exclamation point, which Stephanie will share, but yeah, just explaining to folks because Kana, I feel is a much newer spirit and much newer plant medicine for people to, to work with, even in spiritual communities that I am in, there's still a lot of people very new to it or have not united with her yet. And so there are different ways that you can work with Kana and Ka is very unique. So if you could explain the choose and explain the soon coming, which by the time this episode comes out, the drops will have arrived. And yes, specifically what Ka is. Absolutely. So yeah, let me go back to the indigenous roots of Kana as well, because that's super important. So I mentioned earlier that the Koi Koi and the San, or excuse me, the San mainly, we're taking it for going on multi-day hunts, but for them, it's really central to their society from a societal spiritual and medicinal aspect. So medicinally, they would take it for pain relief. They would take it for digestive issues. They would also take it for any kind of mental health, stress, anxiety issues as well. So that's the medicinal side. And on the spiritual side, they also would take it for celebration. When they danced, when they went into trances to, to, for divination, to mm-hmm. speak with their ancestors. So it was a very much a highly revered and treasured plant that was part of traditional Khoisan cultures. Mm-hmm. So there's that. So traditionally they would smoke it or they would chew it. So when we create, when we wanted to first create the first product, we ended up going, Hey, let's make a chew. And originally we we're going to do chewing gum, but that didn't happen. And it ended up being this chewable. 
And because, you know, we wanted to kind of hark back to how the San and the Koi Koko used to take it. And we also wanted to sort of include that culture in part of how we want to communicate the brand. And so the exclamation mark, actually there's three pronunciations of the exclamation mark. It's something like that. I hope I'm doing it correctly. It's called an aviolar and it's part of the alphabet of, of their language. So that's why we're like, hey, this actually works perfectly because ka, is, ka by the way, also is in ancient Egyptian means life force. So because kana gives such life force because ka is something that does exactly that, we wanted to, and then K also is the first syllable of kana, we combine those two elements to make ka. And then empathogenics, because it's to indicate also that we are creating things that help us open to more empathy and, and compassion. And so empathogenics, that's where that came from. So we, we were like, okay, well, how are we going to present this to the world? And you were talking earlier, Alison, about the integrity of some products that would come out. So one of the things that they may not be less necessarily that high quality, or there might be almost dangerous contraindications sometimes. So we're very aware of that. And I think a lot of times what you see on the marketplace is the formulation hasn't been actually done properly because the people were formulating not did not necessarily have the necessary scientific background um, in order to formulate properly. So in our case, our chief scientist is amazing. He's an amazing human being, Alex is his name, and he also is a double PhD in molecular biology and also biochemistry. And on top of that, he's also a flavor scientist and a botanist. Yeah. So brings incredible amount of knowledge and expertise into this. And we connected a long time before, and this just, when Ka came up, we it was the perfect time for us to work together. And so we're like, okay, we want to make something that definitely doesn't have any of those issues that some of these other products have, like that you mentioned. And so we want to be really highly integrous in the science behind it. And we also want to bring in and honor sort of the indigenous side of things and also the spiritual and shamanic side of things, because that was so much of how Ka was first in the first place is through my own shamanic journeys. So this is therefore, Ka is therefore really a melding mm. together of both, of all of those aspects of wisdom. And I really wanted to kind of lay it out there first, because this is something that we feel so strongly about. And that's how we're approaching every single product and just how we're running the company as well. Yeah, it's beautiful that the vision as you were explaining is the integrity you've chosen to walk your spiritual and shamanic path with and the integrity that you've chosen to walk this now new business side with and bringing both sides of such deep integrity walking together has now birthed Ka. And so that was just a beautiful picture that came in. So yeah, thank you for sharing. And uh, yeah, the tingly chews, because it will surprise some people. <laughs> I'd love to get into that actually. So when we formulated, we're trying, we were like, okay, what can we bring together that, that makes sense from a flavor profile? Cause it's got to taste good from a bioactive phytochemical point of view and also from a healing point of view, and so an energetic point of view. So we 
in in our patent pending formulation, besides Kana, there's two very special plants. I mean, there's a whole bunch of them, but the two I'll mention specifically are Acmella and Snow Lotus. Acmella is super interesting because it is very antimicrobial. It's originally from the Amazon, but now grows in many other places. And it used to be called the toothache, oh, it's called still the toothache plant because before there were dentists in Novocaine, that's what people chewed on to, to relieve their toothaches because it has this sort of mild analgesic quality, which is what gives the tingle when you try the chews. Because, you know, don't be alarmed if that happens with what's going on. It's actually the acmella working and it's not only cleansing your palate, it's being super antimicrobial and good for your health as well. It's also stimulating your salivary glands hmm. so that you are priming your mouth for absorption of all the other amazing plant ingredients. So that's the acmella. And snow lotus is an absolutely amazing plant and also very revered plant as well that is from the Himalayas. Hmm. And it is the highest growing plant in the world. It grows above 21,000 feet. Wow. It's amazing for combating inflammation. It's great for helping us restore homeostasis, for circulation, for beauty, for anti, I mean, don't want to use anti-aging, but for well-aging, right? Mm -hmm. And for preserving our youth and just so many other things. And together... It's how their chemistry actually works together is really amazing. They're very synergistic. So they actually help prolong the benefits of kata and actually make it even better. The other, besides that, there's also mint lavenders. These two people are very familiar with. And because it's in the form of a chew, what we're doing and what we create is it's also activating because you can smell as well. It's activating olfactory neuroscience. Olfactory neuro through olfactory neuroscience, it's actually activating your sense of smell and taste and sensation all at the same time. Mm. So that's kind of how we, we put this together. And we did not use any sugars or elastomers or preservatives at all. So the texture is different from, let's say, a, con a conventional gummy that has sugar and it's a little bit like a gummy bear. This is not like that at all. And we also never, the, this is a, actually a patent-pending process because this is the first time I think anybody's been able to create something chewy without elastomers or heat, heat even. So we did not use any heat, which means none of the plant ingredients have been degraded in any mm. way. What you're taking in is something really alive and also pH neutral because it doesn't have sugar, so it's not acidic. So it's really good for your body that way, and it's super clean as well. And... Yes. Yeah, I just wanted to mention that in case people are worried, it's like, wait a minute, is kana a substance that can be addictive? So kana is not habit-forming. There's actually a lot of research that, if anybody's interested, I could send them. It's actually used to treat addiction in South Africa, like alcoholism, for example. So it actually does the very opposite. That's so beautiful. All such important pieces of information to share. And again, anyone joining on video, here is what the chew looks like. And I just invite, I can feel that this is, our conversation is in resonance with many of the people that are listening with us and sitting with us today. And so my personal invitation as someone who has been able to work with the Kana Chews for a couple of months now is to just, again, if you feel called and if it resonates, because that is another important thing that I 
on a personal note, always like to share. While I do have different kind of capsules and ka chews at my home and at my altar every day, I always, I still tune in every single day to see. It goes in waves. Sometimes there's days or weeks where I do not feel a genuine call to sit and commune with Kana. And then there's plenty of times, like I would say the last three or four months, it's been a pretty regular calling to receive Kana. But just sending that invitation out to always take a moment of presence, of checking in, of tuning in, Mm -hmm. because from my perspective, the last thing you want to have happen is that Kana goes on automation for you. Working with a plant spirit, working with heart medicine, from my perspective, should be something where you tune in with your own heart and your own system to see, is Kana calling to me today? So that's one note of invitation. And the other one is to just be open because like Stephanie was sharing, the chews are different. And I personally love the difference. And Luke, my husband, loves the difference. We love the texture. I love the little fizzy, tingly experience that you have for a minute or two when you're first chewing it. Like I love it. But just just know that it's not your typical gummy bear. It's not your typical chew. It's a sacred medicine and it's a new sacred experience. So I just want you, if you decide to order Ka, which you can, it's now available and we even have a discount code for you. You can put the two words together, ceremony circle in the coupon code area when you check out and you'll get 10% off. So highly recommend if it's speaking to you to do that and just know it's going to be, it's going to be a new adventure when you first try it. Yeah. And just to let people know as well, because we get this question, it's like, oh, I really love it. Can I take it every day? The answer is absolutely yes. And it's safe to take every day. Of course, as with any plant, anything that you, any supplement that you take, it's a good idea. You know, after maybe four weeks, you want to take a break of a couple of weeks or a week. And like you said, Allison, it also, you've got to, you've got to tune into her. Is it are you feeling called to take it today or not? Mm-hmm. But if you, like, I will say very transparently, I take it every single day. I usually stop after about a month and then I'll take a break for a few days and then I'll do it again. But even for me, I will also mean there are days like when I'm feeling, I'm just, I'm good. I don't need it. Yeah. Moment. And then I'll just skip a day as well. But also just to mention to your, to this community is that, There is a subscription program and also bundle purchase program on our site where you can get discounts. And the wonderful thing is with Allison's code that she just gave, you will actually be able to add that on top of the existing discounts. Hmm. So it's not in lieu of any discounts on the site. You're able to actually stack it as well. Beautiful. And before we get to our closing ritual that we're going to wrap up with, one other important note, I feel like I remember either on your website or maybe in our conversation, is it recommended to not work with Ka along with cacao or there was something like that, right? Yes. So the one, a major contraindication for Ka and Kana is that for people who are on SSRIs or MAOIs or SNRIs should not be taking Kana or Ka. So you just don't want to, because you're with those particular substances, you're already having serotonin in your body. You don't want to overdo it and have too much serotonin. So that's the main contraindication. And we always recommend if you're trying Ka or Kana, 
don't mix it with a whole bunch of other other plants because then you don't know what the feeling is or what the medicine and how it's how she's working with you mm-hmm. give her the respect to work with her alone first to feel into what she's like and also do it over a few days because as with most plant medicines our bodies need to get used to it and it's a very good idea to take it consistently, at least for the first five days. Especially if you are someone who in the past have taken any kind of amphetamine salts like Adderall, because you're going to need a little bit more. Well, you might want to take two or three chews to begin with, because you're just going to need more initially, and then taper down. So all of that information is in our FAQ. And finally, if you have a lot of inflammation. Anybody who has a lot of inflammation in their body, serotonin, interestingly, actually first goes to help lower inflammation. So it's still doing good in your body, but it does that before having you feel the lift. Got it. So that's another reason why it's a good idea to take it consistently first. Love it. So, so yeah, before we do the closing ritual, just to reiterate, I will put the website in the show notes and also in my Instagram post, but I'll also say it here now in case you're super excited to dive over there. The website is ka and pathogenics.com and I'll spell it out. It's K A E M P A T H O G E N I C S.com. Ka and pathogenics.com. And the drops, by the time this this episode comes out, are you referring to them as drops? Or We're referring to it as tincture. Tincture. Love that. Yeah, I love tincture. Ka, yeah. Our Kakana tincture is coming out mid-June. You can pre-order and right. we should be delivering towards the end of June. We're super excited about that. And that's a different formulation. I got a sneak peek. I was able to try the tincture early and I was loving it. So I've been messaging like, when is that coming out? When is that coming out? Because I love them both. So yeah, by the time you all are sitting with us here, you will have access to both the tincture and the chews. And again, putting code ceremony circle into the code area when you're in checkout will give you 10% off. And like she said, some of the options in the shop are bundles like, three packages of ka chews for one example and when you do the bundle the website automatically gives you a discount and then when you put code ceremony circle in you'll get an additional 10% off of that so that would be the route I would recommend and yeah we will have everything in the show notes do you have an additional like an Instagram handle or another place you want to let people know to go to Yes, actually, there's a shorthand for our website because it's sometimes hard to, for people to spell out. It's actually ohmyka.com. That's, That's brilliant. M Y K A.com. I'm going to make note of that. I'm going to put that one in ohmyka.com. That's super smart. <laughs> and the Instagram handle is ka.empathogenics. Okay, beautiful. We'll link everything there. And yeah, if you wouldn't mind just taking a, you know, a couple minutes to to close us out. Great. Yeah, so I would love to invite everyone after this whole conversation about connection, hard connection and interconnection to really take something in your hand today, whether it doesn't have to be maybe not your iPhone, okay? Something that's more that's not a device 
It could be a glass of water. It could be a cookie. It could be a chew. It could be a book. Anything like that doesn't matter. So when we hold this belonging, let's invite ourselves to connect with this, with intention. So what does intention mean? Intention is an active calling for us to come into relationship with whatever it is that we are presented with at the time. So if there's a glass of water, for example, that you're holding, then what is your intention when you drink it? If there's a notebook, what is your intention when you're writing in it? It calls us to be more mindful in our everyday activities so that we just don't become automatic robots. And it calls us to become alive in that moment of connection because suddenly we're bringing presence into that particular moment in time. So that this is not just a mindless action. So there's an expansiveness and a pause in that alone. So when you're holding whatever it is that you're holding, Breathe deeply, really take this moment in because we all have busy lives. And when we can take a deep breath in and hold what it is that we have, let's think of what it is that we would like to come alive when we interact with whatever it is that we're holding, whether it's a glass of water or a notebook or a pencil, whatever. What is your intention of what you want to bring to life with what you're holding? Breathe in that intention. Breathe out. Breathe it in again. Breathe out. And one last time. In and out. And now, if it is a glass of water or something you're going to eat, please go ahead and do that. Or if it's something else, then you've just activated that particular object. So when you approach it next time, Bring that intention, that intention is activated when you are actually interacting with it. That's so helpful. And I, my last invitation is whether you get the tinctures or choose, as with every episode of Ceremony Circle, as we close out with a unique closing ceremony, come back to this episode. You don't have to listen to our full conversation, although you can, because I feel like it was quite good, but you can just fast forward to the practice that Stephanie just guided us in and actually hold the tincture and the ways that she guided us or hold the chew. I was holding one of the kind of chews up to my heart center just to, if you haven't already cultivated this way of being, of presence with intentionality, I feel it's a top practice to, to become at one with, because while it might seem so simple by getting attuned 
to this type of ritual, you then become attuned to living your life as prayer, your life as ceremony, your life as ritual. And I find myself in constant reverent communing and connection and conversation, whether it's with the seeds I planted in the garden or sacred grandfire flame who's sitting here on my desk that I light, I light a candle before every interview. I am in connection with things from such a different place. And I'm constantly giving thanks to the seed, thanks to the fire, thanks to the water because of beginning with rituals like the one that Stephanie guided us in. So I do feel it's really important. And I would love for you all to come back to this practice once your Kana tincture or the chews arrive in your home. Thank you. That's beautifully said. Oh, ah. wonderful. This was such an honor to likewise. be with Yeah, likewise yes. for me. I Yeah, I really, I feel like I very deeply get you. I understand you. Our paths have, while also having a lot of differences, there's a lot of similarities and just how we were ushered into the spaces we were ushered into, the way we choose to walk the paths and things like that. I very much recognize it in you. And so thank you for doing it in the way that you have and for bringing such a sacred product and sacred brand to Earthside and to we humans in a way that I feel is done right and done well and done with integrity, which is the most important. So I'm glad that I was patient and waiting for who I was going to have the kind of conversation with because I've been wanting to have it for so long. And I just... Yeah, I stayed patient, so I'm going to honor myself for that, for letting you show up. And and let's give honor to Brooke, too. She's my friend here in the Austin community, and she's the one, like, years ago, we were sitting in a hot springs in Texas, and I think she overheard me saying how I work with and love Kana so much, and she's like... I'm working on a new kind of brand and we're in development, but I'll, you'll be one of the first to know I'll keep you posted. And it was Ka. And uh, so to have just kind of been patient and held the line to be able to finally get the box of Ka choose in my hands, in my heart, in my home. And then for Brooke to have connected you and I, and it's just, it's been a whole beautiful journey already. (laughs) Absolutely. And that brings us actually to, a moment of gratitude, right? And that's a beautiful place to for us to end because what is connection? When we feel that connection, we feel that aliveness. It's actually what keeps us alive. If we were just an isolated particle floating in space, it's just, it's not life. And so again, having so much gratitude for you, for Brooke, for our interconnections in the most miraculous mysterious ways and because that's how the universe works and so so happy to connect with everybody who's listening yeah just yeah really- have a great ceremony circle community so i can't wait for you all to receive your cough it's calling to you and yeah keep us both posted i would love to hear about your experience it's brought so much to me so i'll close by thanking and honoring Kana, oh my goodness, I'm picturing the beautiful succulent shrub that she is, where she originates in South Africa, and just thanking the first peoples to connect with her and to begin that understanding of her ways and how to work with her with honor. And thank you for 
being keepers of those ways and of that wisdom and allowing it to carry forth into our hearts and homes now. So thank you, Stephanie and Soul Fam Ceremony Circle community. And we will sit together again next time. Woo-wee, what a powerful voyage that was. It is always so fun and such an honor to share space with these beautiful beings willing to generously share their time, wisdom, and energy so we can have the opportunity to enrich our own lives. And we will always share each epic guest's links and contact info in the show notes that are on my website, alisoncharles.com, and also in my weekly Ceremony Circle podcast Instagram posts at I am Allison Charles. So it makes it easy for you to connect more deeply with them. And fam, you know by now all the heart I put into creating this show. And I would love to be able to continue providing this free content for a long, long time to come. And what would be most supportive in me being able to do that is if you have ever felt you've gained anything positive at all from listening to a Ceremony Circle podcast episode, if it's brightened your day, if it's given you clarity or insights you've been waiting for, if you felt a healing shift during one of the closing ceremony practices, anything at all, If you can just stay on whatever platform you're now listening to this show and simply go to the rating and review section and share even one reason why you're grateful for Ceremony Circle Podcast. Sacred reciprocity is a big deal and I deeply appreciate you giving back to me so I can keep creating and providing. Sending you so much love. This podcast is for information and entertainment purposes only, and my intention is not to provide medical advice or diagnosis. You should always consult a health professional before making drastic changes to your diet or lifestyle.